Good morning, church. How are you today? Did you come expecting God to work in your life? And he's already here. Isn't it marvelous to see the moving of the Holy Spirit in, in this place? Thank you for bringing the presence of the Lord. I'm here to tell you, you are the church. Because I've tried preaching to an empty building before, and that building doesn't say amen. It doesn't give offerings. It doesn't respond to altar calls. It doesn't do anything. It's people. Okay, so thank you for bringing the presence of the Lord here today. And we're in a, a, a series called A Season of Miracles, and we're believing God for miracles. We really are. Are you? We're believing God for miracles. And so we're trusting the Lord as we look at these different miracles. The Bible is a book of miracles because it's about a God of miracles. And so we're, we're bringing one of the miracles of Jesus today, and we're calling this panic or peace. How many know we can respond one way or the other? We can panic or we can have peace. We're believing God. He's, he's going to provide that peace that you need today. So stand with me if you would, and let's read the Scripture. This, this miracle is recorded in three of the Gospels, uh, Matthew 8, Luke 8, but also Mark 4. So we're going to read Mark 4 in the New King James Version because it has that one phrase that you're so familiar with, but we'll also look at Matthew's version as well. So are you ready? Use your loud voice, and here we go. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Let's praise the Lord right now and welcome the Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to us through your word today. A familiar story, but speak to us a new truth. Stir our hearts. May we mix faith with the word. And Lord, we expect you to come down as you're already here, but to manifest your peace, Lord, in the midst of our storms, that we can trust you for a miracle and give you all the glory in Jesus' holy name, and all of God's people said a big amen. 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 You may be seated. There's all kinds of storms, right? There's situational storms, circumstances, things out of our control. There's relational storms with a relationship with someone else that's not going well. There's emotional storms where we may have a big smile on the outside, but inside we're paralyzed by fear, overcome by, by guilt, you know, with raging anger or worry or jealousy, you know, but there's facts about storms. Storms are just a part of life. They're inevitable. They're, they, come in, they're, they come into all of our lives, and they're unpredictable. Matthew's version of this story in chapter 8, verse 24, he starts out with that word, suddenly. Suddenly, without warning, a furious storm came up. I mean, no, war, storms don't always warn you that they're coming. You, 
I, I remember an, an actual storm that my wife and I were in when we were a young couple, youth pastors, no children yet, in Wichita Falls back in 1979, before some of you discovered America. Your laughter hurts me when you laugh like that. And we were in the Wichita Falls tornado. That was a tornado of three tornadoes, as I said, that came together as, as, as wide as, as a half a mile. It went right through Wichita Falls, Texas, and, and about 25,000 people out of 100,000 people didn't have a place to live. And it happened that quick. Now, we, we saw the warnings and saw the sky and tuned into the forecast, and then they said it was all clear. And, and uh, so we decided to go to the Western Citizen Steakhouse and eat, and it got darker and darker and darker, and the tornado hit while we were there. Now, the good news is we'd already finished our meal, and I had not paid the bill yet. So I got a free meal out of that one. But I'm telling you, there were 50 in that steakhouse, and eight people were killed. We were under little tables in the back, and the concrete blocks fell on top of us. I really was getting excited, thinking any second now I'm going to see Jesus. Uh, and God spared our lives. Uh, had a big bruise on my back, a cut earlobe. Uh, my wife didn't have any major injuries. Her her dad was with us. He had five broken ribs. Uh, we actually, another man was with us because uh, we were getting ready to go to a church service. He actually led a lady to the Lord just before she died. There were a lot of miracles that happened, and we know God spared our lives. We went back our home was destroyed, our cars, most of our furniture. A lot of miracles had happened. That was on a Tuesday before Easter Sunday. Guess how many we had in church on Easter Sunday? And we had an altar full of people getting saved. Folks, God knows how to bring us to Him real quick. We can come the easy way or we can come kicking and screaming. Okay, but one way or another, there's going to be revival in America because God's not going to turn His back on America. There's too many people like you praying. How many are believing God for a miracle? Amen. Hallelujah. In our nation. Uh, he's, he's our only hope. But that, but that storm on that faithful Tuesday, I had no idea that morning, that afternoon, that I was going to be involved in that kind of storm. And it came, and it was that quick, suddenly. Let me know one phone call, your life can change. One incident, one situation, suddenly you get that report from the doctor, you get that phone call, or, or something happens, somebody says something or doesn't do something, suddenly a storm came. But God's not surprised. Aren't you glad for that? He's not surprised, though we may be surprised. And, and storms are impartial. They come to good people. They come to bad people. They, they come to everybody. In fact, there's a misconception that some people think the only time that, that we go through a tough time or a storm is when we're disobeying God. But that's not true because here, these disciples, Jesus said, get in the boat. And they got in the boat and sailed right into a storm. They were right in the center of God's will and, and still in the middle of a storm. And when you're going through a tough time, don't automatically assume, I must be out of God's will. You may be exactly where God wants you. God has promised us that he will be with us, but he has not promised us that we will live a storm-free life. I've often said the safest place to be is in the perfect center of God's will. Can you say amen? 
It doesn't matter what's going on around you. If you're in God's will, then God's going to take care of you. He is with you. But storms reveal my true character. What's on the inside will come out. And there's two possible reactions here. The disciples responded in panic and fear, and Jesus responded how? In faith. And we've got a choice. Matthew 8, 25 says the disciples went and they woke Jesus up and they said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Now, these guys were not novices. They were fishermen. They'd been on the Lake Galilee many times and seen these storms that suddenly came over the mountains and came down on that, on that lake. And, and this one, though, was a gigantic major storm that scared the daylights out of them. And they panicked. They were uptight. They were afraid. But the alternative to panic is being filled with God's peace. And it says here in verse 24 of, of Matthew's version, it says, it says, Jesus was sleeping. He was sleeping. Sleeping in a storm? You talk about peace. Now, it shows the humanity of Jesus because he, needed, he was exhausted. He needed rest. He needed to sleep. But it also is a picture of his complete trust in God, his heavenly Father. Jesus was not worried at all by this storm. And the question is this. Did Jesus know there was going to be a storm before he got in that boat? <laughs> Absolutely. He knew they were sailing right into a storm. But he says, I'm going to take a nap. Now, I'm glad that nothing surprises our Lord, right? You may be surprised. I may be surprised. But when these storms come so suddenly in our lives, God's not up in heaven wringing his fingers saying, well, I didn't see that one coming. He's never surprised. He always knows ahead of time, and he has a plan, and he knows exactly what he's doing. But you know, the ironic thing about that, that Jesus was sleeping in the storm is because one of the signs that you know you're in a storm is when you start losing sleep. Have you ever been awake at night and you're worried about something? You're thinking about something? Your mind is racing about 500 miles an hour and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying, you're weighing, well, what if I do this or what if I don't do this or, or this happens and, and you just can't go to sleep? Ever been there? You know, and it's one hour goes by and you keep watching your clock and two hours and three hours and, and then you say, Lord, I've got to go to sleep. And the harder you try to go to sleep, you can't go to sleep, Right? But really, Jesus wants you to get to that place of peace where you can say, Lord, I don't have this figured out. I'm going to roll this on you. I'm going to give it to you. Lord, I need some sleep. I need to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed and go to sleep, and I'm going to let you stay up and worry about this. Let me know while you were sleeping last night, the Lord was praying for you at the right hand of the Father. 24-7, he sees your life. He sees what you can't see in the future. He's praying for you. Nothing, nothing happens to you by accident. God knows what's going on, and you really can find that place of peace where you can rest in the Lord. So worrying about it doesn't change anything. So where do we get that kind of peace? Well, there's some things we could pull out of this story, simple principles. The first one is we need to learn to turn to God's presence Turn to God's presence. God is so close. Had the disciples forgotten that he was in the boat? He was right there. He was asleep while they're, seeing, while they're falling apart because of this storm. 
Matthew 8 and verse 23 says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. They had nothing to fear because Jesus was in the boat. Do you think he was, God was going to let this boat sink with Jesus on board? Not, not at all. So we realize really the first big lesson out of this story is God is always near me. I may not realize it. I may not seem, feel him, or know it, but he's always with me. He never leaves me. He's always there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise of the Lord, right? God is with me. Jesus is in my boat. Or maybe be better to say, I'm in Jesus' boat, because that's where we need to be. God has promised us. He said, I am with you always. I will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 43, 1, the, the verse is up here. You can write it down. It's one of those promises you know so well. It's so good. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. What a promise from God, right? What a promise. It doesn't matter what's happening, but I know that Jesus is right there with me. And that's how I can find his peace. The second principle we we pull out of this story is to talk about God's promises. Talk about his promises. Now, I get that from the the disciples' response where, where where they said to Jesus, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, oftentimes that's the way we feel, isn't it? When, when we don't get an answer right away and things seem to be falling apart and the storm is all around us and we don't know what's going on and we say, God, don't you care? Well, yes, he cares. And we know that he cares because he gave us 7,000 promises in this book that he cares about us. 7,000 promises that we can look at from the Bible that God is declaring to us, I care about you. Now, I love what Deuteronomy 6-7 tells us to do. It says, talk about these commandments, these promises, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Talk about these promises. And when you're going through a storm, you need to have some good promises. That's not the time to go read the genealogies. They're there for a purpose, but that may not give you the inspiration you need. But you get a hold of good promises like, like Isaiah 43, what we read just a moment ago. And you have those promises, and you've got a choice. You've got a choice to focus on the storm, focus on the lack, focus on the need, focus on the impossibility, or to talk about the promises of God. Not just think about them, not just read them, to talk about them. Because oftentimes what comes out of our mouth is what's happening in our soul and in our spirit. And if we're talking about the storm and the impossibility, how many know it just gets worse? Have you ever caught yourself like myself? I, sometimes I'm praying over my requests and the requests of my family. And I'm not careful. I've been praying. And all I've been doing is rehearsing the requests, looking at the need, looking at the lack, 
looking at the impossibility. But there's a time where you say, God, you know my need. Now I'm going to turn from that and I'm going to turn to your promises. Now you start declaring the promises of God. Out of your mouth, you're saying, God, you promised this and you promised that. And I just speak. There's power in the spoken word of God. Talk about it. Deuteronomy said, talk about it when you wake up. Talk about it when you go to sleep, before you go to sleep. Talk about it when you lay down. Talk about it when you walk down the road. Talk about it throughout your day. Not just on Sunday morning, not just in Sunday school or home group, but every day of the week we're talking about the Word of God. I can tell you whether somebody has peace or not by listening to them for about two minutes and what comes out of their mouth. But when you come to church, one of the things we ought to be doing is we ought to be going to people saying, I've got a promise that God gave me last week. Yes, I'm facing some storms. I'm in a situation, but here's the promise God gave me. And you declare that promise to someone else today out of your mouth before you get off of the church premises. Declaring and talking about the promises of God reminds us how much God cares for us. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him because he what? He cares for you. The one thing the disciples did right in this story when they got afraid is they took their fear to Jesus. They didn't start praying to Mary. They didn't start chanting. They didn't call on some saint. They took their fear to Jesus. Anytime you have any fear of any kind, any anxiety, you take it to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's the only one that can do anything about it. And when America finally wakes up and realizes our source of our all of our problems is Jesus. It's not our money. It's not our ingenuity. It's not our education. It's not what man can do. It's what Jesus can and will do. Hallelujah. Lifting up the name above every other name and realizing when we have a revelation of who Jesus is, then we're going to have peace no matter what's happening around us. Somebody praise the Lord with me right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so we turn to his presence and we talk about his promises. But the third thing we see here, if we're going to have peace, that we need to do is to tap into God's power. Rely on God's control. Realize God is in control. Mark Mark 4.39, Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves. That's interesting. And he rebuked the wind and he spoke to the waves. There's really a double miracle here. And what did he say? Peace, be still. Now, some of the translations say instead of peace, it says quiet, be still. Another one says silence, be still. You know, there's a time, I think, when, we, when, when the storm is so loud and everything around us is so loud that we just need to stop and realize the words of Jesus, you know, silence, quiet, peace. Be still and know that I'm God. God's bigger than that situation you're facing. He's able to take care of that situation. Really, you could even translate this literally, sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. I like that. I think Jesus wants to speak to our storms and our problems. Well, just sit down and shut up, okay? I'm not going to entertain what the waves and the wind and what what the storm is suggesting to me that it's all over. No, I'm going to rest in the presence of God because God not only took care of the wind, he immediately took care of the waves. He did a double miracle. 
However many miracles you need, God's able to do it. He's not limited, right? He's not, he's not, there's no shortage of his power today. He's able. And so we realize that, that to have peace, I've just got to remember his presence is close by. The disciples forgot that. I just remember, I need to look at the promises of God that, that tell me he really does care about me. He, he's, he's, and, and I need to realize he's got all the power. He's got all the power. He's in control. There's nothing beyond the control of God. Many things we are not going to understand, but God is in control. Fear comes when we experience things beyond our control, right? But the good news is the things beyond my control are not beyond God's control. Jeremiah 32, 17, write it down. It's a great verse. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Say it out loud. Nothing is too hard for you. One more time. Nothing is too hard for you. Oh, I've got to remind myself of that, don't I? Because it's too hard for me, but it's not too hard for him. So I need to tap into God's power. That's the reason that Jesus told the disciples when he ascended, go and wait in the upper room until you be endued with power from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit. I have to come to the end of myself, and that happens many times in storms and difficulties where I realize I don't have the strength, but I am totally dependent upon him who does have all the power and all the strength. And the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, lives inside of you as a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to manifest in your lives. Now, we know God's presence is everywhere, right? The universal presence of God says God's I died, but now I've been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. It is a miracle. I I thought I was going down, down, down. I thought, am I losing my voice or what's going on here? Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking care of us. Let me know we got a good sound. We get good sound people and audio people and tech people and behind the scenes people. Yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful people that do so many things behind the scenes. Okay. Where was I? Did you hear that last thing? (laughs) The secret, the secret of victory is that we, is that we learn to trust in him more than ourselves. That we learn how totally dependent we are upon him. The older I get, the more dependent I feel upon God. I say, God, if, if you take your hand off of me, I wouldn't even be able to find my way out in the parking lot to my car. I couldn't even find my way home. I've got to have the hand of God on my life. What about you? I've got to have the presence of God. I've got to, I've got to be totally dependent upon him completely, completely. Hallelujah. And, and, and so, so, so the two things that happened here with the disciples... Two of their, their, Jesus told them two things. First of all, he said, 
the root of your problem is fear, but the solution is faith. And the greatest threat to the disciples was not the storm, it was their unbelief. So, so the secret of victory over fear is our faith, our simple trust in the Lord, in the Lord. And so when we come now to the fourth principle, that is to trust God's plan, to trust God's plan. I mean, no, God's got a good plan, and he's got a plan for us to trust. Now, notice what Jesus said to the disciples, and I'm looking at all the different versions, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. What is Jesus really saying here? He's telling the disciples, he's saying, we're going to the other side. Jesus said, now listen to what he said. We can miss that. Jesus told him, we are going to the other side. He did not tell them that it would be an easy trip. He didn't tell them they wouldn't get wet. He didn't tell them they wouldn't have a panic attack in the middle of the storm, in the middle of that lake, okay? They thought it was all over. They thought they were going down. They thought this is it. They were panicking. And Jesus' presence is right there, right? And they thought he didn't care, but they'd forgot the promise that he gave them. They forgot his power. And Jesus promised, he said, I'm going to get you to the other side of this lake. You're going to get there. One way or another, you're going to get there. And that's the promise that God gives to all of us. He's going to get us to victory. He's going to get us to the right solution, to the right plan at the right time. He's on the throne. He's ruling and reigning. He doesn't want us to keep our eyes on the storm so that we're filled with panic and fear. He wants us to put our simple faith in the Lord. Now, some people think, I don't have enough faith. I need great faith. How do I get great faith? No, you just need to use the little faith you have right now and put that little faith in a great big God who's able to give you big results. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. If God knew in advance that the storm was going to to be out there, why did he let them go through it? Why? Because he had a lesson of faith he wanted to teach them. Anything God allows you to go through, it's going to be for your good and for his glory. It's going to be for your good, I said, and his glory. Okay? He doesn't let things happen to us to hurt us, but to benefit us that we're more conformed to the image of Christ, that we're growing our faith, that we're realizing the real lesson is that Jesus can be trusted in the storms of life. He can be trusted in the storms of life. Hallelujah. I like the, I like the old song, Andre Kratz song. Anybody around long enough to remember Andre Kratz? And that old song that he, he sang, Through It All. Through it all, I've learned to what? Trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend on his word. I like the third verse. And I thank God for the mountains. And I thank him for the valleys. And I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Sing the chorus with me. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. 
I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. How many found that to be the case? You've learned to depend on Him and His Word, and He always, always, always comes through. Hallelujah. And so I don't know what's rocking your boat. I don't know what what you feel like is causing your ship to sink. I don't know where the fear and the panic, the anxiety and the stress is, but the Prince of Peace is close by and his presence will make the difference and his promise is he cares for you and he's going to turn what the enemy means for evil into good and his power he is able to do what exceedingly abundantly above all I could think or ask according to how not my strength according to the power of God that works in me so his power is going to make the difference and then I like in Matthew 8, verse 27, where, where the disciples, it said, the disciples were amazed and they asked Jesus. They ask each other, really is who they're asking, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? What kind of man is this? It's Jesus, the Son of God. He's more than a man. He's the Son of the living God. What kind of man is this? Shows only that they're they didn't have the revelation they needed of God. If, you, if your revelation is too low of Jesus Christ and God, then your faith's going to be low. But when you have a revelation of who he is, who is he? Who is this man? He's a very present help in the time of trouble. He's a refuge and a fortress. He's a shelter in the time of storm. He's the cornerstone and the sure foundation the one who sticks closer than a brother. He's the one who healed the blind and the crippled and the sick and fed the 5,000, walked on the water and turned the water into wine and cast out devils. He is the Lamb of God. He is the great I Am. He is the resurrection of the life. He is the bread of life. He's the only begotten of the Father, the one betrayed by a kiss, mocked as king of the Jews, beaten with 39 stripes, a crown of thorns put on his brow, nailed to a cross. He's the one who ascended into heaven, who's right now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star, the one who meets my every need, my healer of broken heart. He's the restorer of life. He is, he is my wisdom and my knowledge, my peace, my joy, my love, my justifier, my redeemer, my savior, my healer, my Lord, my soon coming king, and my prince of peace. Hallelujah. And he's in your life, in the middle of your storm, saying, I care about you. I know what you're going through. I've got enough power. And he's going to say, peace, peace, be still. He's going to tell the devil and all the circumstances, just shut up and be still. This is my child. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to take care of them. Because there's one thing I know about storms. They don't stay forever. Storms are temporary. And Jesus is going to lead you. Sometimes he'll lead you around a storm. Sometimes he'll lead you through a storm. But he's going to get us through. And he's going to get us to the other side. Amen, amen, amen. Why don't you stand with me right now. And let's lift our hands and praise him right now. That he's able, he's able to take care of us in the midst of the storm. 
in the midst of the storm. He's got a miracle for us. He's got a miracle for you. And we're going to sing this chorus. And if you need a miracle in your life or you want to stand in for somebody, whether it's financial or relational or physical or what, whatever, whatever miracle you need, if you're in a storm, you need peace or you know someone, I want you to step out as we sing and come stand down here and let's pray for that miracle right now. Would you come? Come on if you need a miracle and let's sing it together. Learn to trust in God through it all. I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There are times I didn't know right from wrong But in every situation God gave blessed consolation Then my trials come to only make me strong trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. And I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that He could solve them. I'd never known what faith in God could do. Trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His word. It's you, Lord, through it all, through it all. Learn to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Can you praise God right now that you can depend on Him? Praise Him for that miracle. Praise Him for that peace. Praise Him for that victory right now. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, minister to people physically. Bring healing. Lord, provision of finance. Lord, a situation in 
in, in a relationship, in their family, or on the job, whatever they're facing, whatever the storm, whatever the confusion, Lord, we turn to you and we trust you right now. We know we can depend on you. We know you're faithful. Lord, we've sung about it all morning. We've talked about it. Now, Lord, we just roll all our cares on you. And we thank you for that peace, that peace right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift a hand and say, Lord, I thank you for peace right now. Peace in this situation. Name the situation. Peace, Lord. Thank you for perfect peace. Peace, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that peace. Thank you for that peace. Thank you for that peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, if you're here today and you haven't totally put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, do it right now. You can't trust in your good works. You can't trust in religion. You can't trust in man. You've got to trust in Jesus. He's the one and only Savior. And if it needs to be a rededication of putting him first, then do that now. I don't want to embarrass you, but if that's you today, you're accepting Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to him, putting him first, and you want prayer, just hold a hand right up and just hold it up there until I see it and just say, Pastor Don, pray for me. Let me see a hand. Let me see your hands. Hold it up high and say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. Say yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now pray this simple prayer. Just say, Father. I thank you for Jesus. I believe, Lord Jesus, you're the one and only Savior. I confess every sin to you, and I accept your free gift of eternal life and make a choice today to follow you and to serve you. Keep me in the perfect center of your will because no matter what happens around me, that's where I will find peace. And I thank you for that peace. Peace that my sins are forgiven. Peace that you're in charge of my life and you'll care for me and provide for me. And I thank you for that, for the glory of God. And in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great holiday. We'll see you next week.